Yeah, it's so good. It's so bad that it's good. That is the wrong answer, actually. <laughs> it's just a wild romp. I am feeling this. Yeah, yeah, yeah! All of them! What are you talking yourself into? I'm trying to talk myself into that. This is what this podcast is for. We're also trying to talk you into it. Thank you for listening to Talk Me Into, the podcast where a group of friends tries to talk each other and maybe even you into liking what we like. This episode, it's Superman, the men of tomorrow. My name's Dan, and I sincerely believe that the best first pizza order at a new pizzeria is always a margarita. Oh. My name is Jeff, and my favorite type of sausage is lamb margays. My name is Jimmy. And I literally just lost all of my fun facts. I don't know where they are. It says there's things there, but I don't have anything. Cool. Wow. Jeff. That's going to be my fun fact. That's your fun fact. You and I both talked about food this week. We're food boys. And you know what? I do agree with you, but I'll go as far as to say I have two other options. Plain cheese, because you get the base. Okay. So either plain cheese, which is good, or bacon. I will not. I will not go yeah. back to a I'm pizza sorry, place Jeff. that has pre-cooked bacon on their pizza. Yeah, that's maybe, horseshit. but if you're going to order more than one pizza, I feel you. I, I'll concede the plain cheese for one reason. Okay, if you're having um, a beets like New Haven style pizza, yeah, it's the only. You got to get margarita. But if you're mm-hmm. going to like a New York style pizzeria, you know, a shop that just yeah does a traditional slice and and they don't have margarita, oven, just don't go. Well, no, I mean, that's no, I, valid pizza. Yeah. And I agree with you. In that case, you go with the plain cheese. Don't order double, don't order double cheese don't order, because no, then no. you're a maniac. I hate that. I hate when people get double cheese. My mom orders extra mm. sauce. That's real that's cereal killer stuff. Bad. You order the pizza as the, way, the pizzaiola makes it. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> don't laugh, Jimmy. Jeff. <laughs> yeah. What is your favorite Lamb Marguez sausage you've ever had? I've only had it a couple times. Then it's not your favorite. It is my favorite. Get out of town. And here's why. Here's why it's my favorite sausage, Dan. And I think I know why you asked because I had it with you. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We uh, we took a sausage making class one time. We we went to a few butchery classes together. Yeah. And one of the types of sausage we made was lamb margays, which I've Mm. never had before. It's it's a northern African style sausage, and it's made in like a smaller intestinal (laughs) skins. Uh, A lamb lamb intestine yeah yeah but like uh, when people think sausage they might think like a big one like a meaty thick broth well because that's either a pig or a right cow but for people who don't know the ins and outs of like sausages well and guys skins, and how many hanks here's a little tip for you <laughs> the smaller the animal the smaller the sausage right or they casing. use uh, or they use chicken because a lot of kosher sausages yeah they use the chicken ones yeah, small like breakfast yeah. sausages yeah so we were there and uh the instructor was showing us how they make it and he needed some more meat and we were like in the cooler and he just went over to a lamb hanging up ripped out some stuff and threw it in the, in the i forgot grinder. about that yeah it was it was great and we made it and we we uh we helped with like you know throwing the meat in there and like seasoning it a little bit but the we, hopper yeah but we we stuffed the sausage into the casing ourselves. I wish I remembered that. It was so good. And it, it like <laughs> it spirals into a circle. So yep. it's like the circular thing. So you kind of, oh. when I fried it up, when I got home, I just like fried it like a burger, flipped it. Yeah. And it's so delicious. And I've, mm. I also bought lamb margays there later on at this butcher shop. Well, did you also have it? We went there for sausage fest, which was aptly named. Yep. 
<laughs> and they had a Lamborghese sausage yeah. sandwich. That was delish. I've had it several times, but you can't find it anywhere. And I, I have a recipe for it from that day. I've had it at restaurants. Yeah. I, if I see it on a menu, I'll, I'm ordering it. It's, I would love it's to amazing. suggest it's it. It's the perfect amount of spice. Yeah. And just like meat. Lamb. It's so beautiful. I would love to suggest that we do Lamarguez sausage for our next cook with us, but that's a lot of work and equipment. <laughs> well, the thing, yeah, because like you the, reason, the reason why never, that's the thing too. Like you can make the sausage and the meat, but not stuff it. Yeah, and just have the meat. It's no good. It's still good. You can make a patty yeah. out of it or crumble it, and mm. yeah, there's plenty of ways to eat a sausage without casing. But that snap, mm. it's true. There's many a slip twixt a cup so and its good. lip. Guys, I got my fun facts back. You oh, want to we'll hear the we'll one? No, 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 Jeff. We're not. It's over. We're not going to let him. Have Jimmy's it. fun really? fact is he lost his fun facts. Save it wow. to the next episode. Do not. It was burn relevant pod. for this episode. Okay, Jeff. Oh, damn. I'll allow it. Okay. My favorite superhero is Green Lantern. Oh, was... Come on, Jim. <laughs> Get away for that. Come on, Jim. Yeah. Great. I don't even want to. Let's not even talk. This about is the that. end of the oh. segment. <laughs> Oh boy! So guys, we got a tweet. Oh, we did on Twitter at Talk Me Into. If you want to tweet at us, that's how you can do it right now. What I'm doing is a tactic called stalling as I look up the tweet. <laughs> Are you still looking it up? I'm still looking it up. I'm still stalling. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Who's the tweet by Jeff? The tweet is by friend of the show John at Burnt Wieners. Catching up on Talk Me Into and bold move for the 50th episode to let Dante tank your show so hard it never recovers. <laughs> I don't know if it never recovers. No, I thought that was very funny. Yeah. Because I don't. The tweet was funny. We but can all like... agree that he tanked the show. <laughs> <laughs> the question is, has it recovered? I believe it has. Yeah. I mean, well, it's recovered since. I like the show. Yeah. Uh, you guys like well, the show. I, I loved it. It was all about us. That's we great. knew that there was a yeah. very high probability that we'd be the only ones who liked the show. Yeah, I don't think anybody else even listened to it. Nope. I they heard a lot like, of people skip it. Talk me into. It's What's like this? It's like when a band comes out with a song that's their band name, not on the self-titled album, but on another album. That episode is actually one of our most listened-to episodes, so I don't think that many people skip. Really? It. Yeah. Really? Oh wow! I didn't is know that like? Stats. Yeah, I'll talk. To stats Apparently. Anecdotal evidence is not real. Maybe they started to listen to it, heard Dante pronouncing every single word correctly yeah. Yeah. and enunciating well. Yeah. And they were like, I don't want to hear this. There was other people on that episode that did a great job, though. Yeah. yeah. Dante did an acceptable job. No, it, was, it was a good <laughs> I episode. I wish there was more bubble. discussion of roller skating, but what are you going to do? Oh. Jimmy had quite a reaction to that. <laughs> I forgot about that. <laughs> I forgot that whole aspect of Dante. Great. It's over. Okay, next segment. This is the part of Talk Me Into where we talk we into. I'm talking me into things and they're talking them into things. Yeah. Them. And <laughs> they're not things that you want to talk about for an hour or that you guys care to listen to for that long. They're just little things. And uh, one of the things that I've been talking myself into this week is it's kind of relevant to that last tweet that we read about talking into his 50th episode and how we love hearing ourselves. 
I've been talking myself into re-listening to talk me into. That was oh. going to be mine too. Damn it. Jeff. Are you serious? <laughs> this week? Yeah. Right now? Literally, yeah. Why? Yeah. Oh, you tell me your why first and I'll tell you Wait, my why. Well, Before you go into it, can I just say that Jeff and I have a long history of doing this connecting thoughts thing and now you guys are doing yeah, it. Yeah, we're it's doing so it, Jeff. You. Do you You're feel like it's real now, Dan? No. Um, we're in a poly- polyamorous triad that <laughs> shares our love equally. A polyamorous? Polyamorous. Pod? No. Pod- so I'm not going to, I'll choose a different talking myself into No, 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 you can't. This is too good. Oh, you guys man. can share it. Just yeah, talk like about it for sharing. double. Okay. This is great. So we're at our first year of talking yes, into. Yes, this is episode f- <laughs> I don't know. Because uh, we recorded <laughs> well, a lot. Yesterday, yesterday was our one year anniversary as we're recording. Valentine's of talking Day. Me into. Yes, Valentine's Day. Yeah, I posted an epic tweet asking people to send their favorite celebration gifts and only the three of us responded. So we're the ones who are happiest. It's very on brand for us. Yeah, it got some likes though from other people. Yeah. Um. But no, I was interested in, into seeing like how much the show had changed over the year that we were recording. The early episodes are very fun. Like I'm only um I'm almost done with Doctor Who Part Two. Um, it's a slog. No, it's great. It's, it's not. So yeah, th- that's not the reason why I did, but I also noticed that. Yeah. The reason why I listened to it is because. I was listening to a lot of podcasts Mm -hmm. and the ones that I was listening to, I really want to pay attention to. And I had a day at work where I needed to like focus on something. I just wanted background noise. I was like, Oh, let me just put on talk me into from the beginning. And and I did. And I was like, we weren't bad. No, but the quality, the audio quality has gotten a lot better. Oh yeah. And, All of those quotes from our theme song are all from our Doctor Who episode, the first one. Yeah, the first Doctor Who episode. (laughs) Well, because we'd only recorded a few things, and I was like, Jimmy, can you cut out some quotes to put in the theme song? Yeah, as it was happening, I was talking about how Doctor Who's a wild romp, and I was like, oh, yeah, (laughs) yeah, it sure is. But yeah, and actually, it's kind of funny, because that episode kind of talked me into rewatching Doctor Who after season two, 12 is over. Oh. Um, I was like, oh, I forgot about, like, all these things, and, like. We can still got like Matt Smith to go and like Peter Capaldi and the best. Yeah. Um my bay. Yeah. Oh, I love Peter Capaldi. Um, but no, our our show is it's fun to re-listen to because yeah, it is kind of weird like re-listening to things that like we already said and done, but like that was so long ago that I don't remember oh, yeah. a lot of the things that we were like talking about. We and, started like, why recording we're doing it. 14 months ago. We yeah. we yeah. got a lot in the bank before we started releasing true, it yeah. to the world. Yeah. Yeah, I've had people be like like new listeners like oh were you talked into this subject and i'm like i don't remember <laughs> yeah or they'll make comments like oh that thing you said on this week's episode i was like we recorded that six weeks ago you think i remember yeah, <laughs> yeah. no idea yeah um but yeah it's it's fun to go back and re-listen to the show so um i'm glad i'm doing it Jeff, final yeah. thoughts on your shared <laughs> no, I, I like this. This is if you were also talking yourself into re-listening to talk me into. No, mine's completely. We would have had to quit. We would have finally <laughs> done it. We've been waiting for this day. Not only is mine different, but I was like worried about coming off kind of douchey in it, and then I was like, well, Jimmy and Jeff are going to have different things. It'll just blend in, <laughs> and now it's really going to stand out. Oh boy. Well, I'm not going to get too mushy, but guys, I'm talking myself into sort of a throwback from something that Jimmy has talked himself into, and I had talked myself into. I'm talking myself out of dating apps. Oh, oh boy. I somehow knew this was coming Why is up. that, I'm not going to get mushy and talk all about it, but I, I officially have a girlfriend for the first time since the podcast started. So, I, honestly, I wasn't gonna, going to... Keep it going, Jim. Oh, no, no, no. Uh, guys, it's enough. No, I'm very, I'm very happy for you. I, I'm very happy as well, and... It's uh, it's not so much that I like need to talk about this on the podcast, but it's that 
the the dating apps have forced my hand because <laughs> what I didn't realize, you know, I was on a few different apps and I would occasionally go on there and swipe or, you know, message some people and you don't think of it. You're on there like every day, every couple days, whatever, no biggie. When you stop going on, they get very angry with you. <laughs> Jeff, you've never had to experience this. Jimmy, I don't know if you've walked great. away for a time being, but unless you like log out or cancel your account, yeah. They think that you are dying or yeah. something. So literally, that happens to me with Bumble. Bumble yeah. always yells. Oh, oh so, yeah. So you stopped logging in, then you logged back on for whatever reason. No, I, you stay logged on because it's an oh, app. Oh, but you've like traded. But I numbers. haven't opened. No, I haven't opened okay, the I'm app. Guessing. You don't <laughs> understand how this works. I don't. I'm so, just gonna sit back and listen. Because I haven't been on any of the, these apps for like a few weeks. I'm getting frantic notifications, push notifications. Like, where are you? There are people looking to meet you. Like, just oh, very sad oh, and pathetic things okay. like that <laughs> several times a day. So the app. Yeah. Is, oh, I thought it was you were getting You have messages. to realize they're generating fee yeah. income based on your of viewing of yeah. advertisements. So they need you to keep engaging. So they're like, there are, I was literally with my girlfriend and I'm getting a notification that says, there are tons of hot singles waiting to meet you right now. <laughs> And I was like, I really just have to like cancel these memberships because it's getting to be a bit much. Yeah, I, I'm. It's kind of funny or because uninstall the apps. I'm kind of retalking myself back into Tinder um, because I'm I'm always back. And this forth is like a third time apps. for you since this podcast started. Uh, at least five, I would probably say. <laughs> You've only talked day, about it three he times. He yeah. it, and the next day he's like, "Well, it's a short amount of time. It's a, an embarrassing amount of time." of how short it is in between me deleting the app and then re-downloading it and making a new profile. Yeah, you've been there. Yeah. Well, all I could say is sometimes it worked. It yeah. worked for me, but now it's just annoying as hell. <laughs> Great. Now it's just sad for Jimmy. Oh, uh, yeah, I will Jimmy, say. Jimmy, someone, a wise person once told me there are tons of hot singles out there <laughs> waiting to meet you. <laughs> Okay, Superman. Uh, I'll give that. I'll give you that. Okay. It's 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 better. It's fine. Yeah. So, as I mentioned at the end of last week's episode, we're doing something, you know, slightly different from us for what we've done in the past. Mm -hmm. Yep. Um, we've done like these beginnings of comic book series. We've done contained storylines like Happy, things like that. Yeah. Um, but you guys, you guys know enough. <laughs> No Superman. You guys know enough about pop culture yeah, characters. The he's Americana. He's as Americana as apple pie and racism. Yeah, you guys know the audience knows Superman. You know the big, the big blue Boy Scout. Yeah. So I figured, you know what? I really like this arc um, from sort of like the middle of when I was reading comics, which was like mid 2000. 2011. This run started. So you're wrong, actually. Oh, uh, the new Fifty Two started in two thousand eleven. Yeah, this isn't the beginning of that. We're if you let me finish my sentence, you Daniel. said. Did he not say arc? This is when this no, arc started. No, I said two thousand eleven is when this run began, and this is episode or issue thirty two or episode, something. So here he two, goes again. It was probably two thousand thirteen ish. August two thousand fourteen, the first issue came. Okay, out. <laughs> <Guys>. <laughs> me, Dan. Come on, I'm very Jim, sorry, Jim. I'm sorry, I'm Jim. very sorry for those beats. I'm sorry, Jim. Um, so what we're talking about is. A storyline that ran through Superman, the new 52 relaunched at an issue number zero. When, Jeff? 2011. Okay, thank you, Jeff. And 
32 issues in, Superman was taken over by a new creative team yeah. led by writer Jeff Johns, who's a big muckety-muck at DC. Yeah. He's yeah. done a lot very, of big relaunches. Big he's, now he's, he's written president like, of DC, I believe. Is he? Yeah. Wow. Holy crap. How the world yeah. turns. Wow. What a, what a time. What this a time is. to be alive. Um, He's written big storylines for almost every major DC character. Yeah. My favorite, like my uh, original fun fact was going to be my favorite superheroes, Green Lantern. Yeah, we heard that already, Jim. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Dan let me borrow his entire relaunch of uh, uh, Hal Jordan as Green Lantern Green Rebirth. Lantern, yeah. So good. So yeah. good. I love his work on the Flash Rebirth. Mm-hmm. So good. So good. Um, Kofefe. Uh, so he. He st- took over this run as writer of Superman, and it's it's fun because it's not an origin story. We're yeah. we're supposed to know who Superman is already. He's Clark Kent, last son of Krypton, Kal El, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, taking over as artist for this arc is John Romita Jr. Mm-hmm. Big who, fan. Yeah, he's a very interesting artist. Very stylized depictions of his characters. He is he is famous for in the eighties taking over Daredevil. Yep. Yeah, uh, he, he's done a lot of work with Marvel. He's done a lot of work with Marvel. He's worked on so many things. He's done a lot of independent stuff like Kick-Ass, yep. which is more recent. A lot of people might know it mm. from the movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so big fan. Yeah, I like his work a lot. Um, there's another arc that he drew for Avengers that might be coming up in a future episode. Oh. See, it, mm. it's cool that you're doing this, and I'm glad. <clears throat> I don't care who did it first, but I've been wanting to do like an X-Men, a specific X-Men run for a long time. Yeah. And mm. we just haven't got to it yet. So I'm glad you uh, you took over and decided to do this. I like this idea. And I feel like, okay, I'm going to go on the record and say I read this quite a long time ago. <laughs> and I haven't read it since. Okay. So part of the fun of this is me getting to reread yeah, it. Yeah, we do that. We yeah. do that sometimes. Yeah. From what I recall, this is not heavily laden in... Continuity. The continuity of the time. Right. In other words, I think if you know the basics of Superman, it's Lois Lane, all that tale. stuff, you're going to be fine. Cool. And and that's why I chose to do this. Um, it's a fun storyline that plays with the inherent otherness of Superman. So as the title suggests, because it is the men of tomorrow, we are introduced to a new character, Ulysses, who Ooh. also goes by the name the man of tomorrow. Oh, you, it wasn't Ulysses S. Grant. No, it was oh, okay. not Ulysses S. Or Grant. Or Ulysses from Ulysses. No, he is a new hero okay. on the scene of Metropolis. A hero, okay. Who goes by the name the man of tomorrow. I have a feeling it's going to not turn out well for you. He Ulysses. claims that he has also been rocketed from a world with no future. I'm reading this off the Amazon description. Mm-hmm. And there is new and exciting mysteries that oh. await oh. his relationship. Plus, Perry White offers Clark Kent a chance to return to the Daily Planet. So basically, when they relaunch the New 52... I don't really know why, but I guess to connect to millennials. Am I right? Okay, boomer. <laughs> they decided to make Clark Kent this like indie journalist who like wrote for like an online website. That was I vaguely of, remember that. Yeah. So they're like a little bit edgier than like mm-hmm. modern newspapers and stuff. So so that's probably the only thing continuity wise that you're gonna need to get into. Okay. Um, I don't. I'm not going to kill you guys with preamble right now because I want you to really just enjoy it. And also I don't remember. (laughs) So I want you to read Superman number 32 through 39 of the new 52. Now this gets confusing. If you, if you listeners are thinking of going to your local comic book shop, there's a lot of Superman 32 through 39. (laughs) Yeah. They've relaunched many, many times recently. 
Well, I don't know recently. I'm kind of, my oh. finger is not on the pulse of comic okay. fandom. Um, but I will say that the easiest way to remember which these are is that they were released in August from 2014 to... Sometime in 2015. I have the date. DC is kind enough to put the dates right on their barcode. I love that. Marvel yeah, doesn't yeah. do that. I do like that. Um, through May 2015. Mm. So if you're going to your local comic book shop, ask them for Superman 32 through 39 from 2014, written by Jeff John, Johns, drawn by John Romita, or... Just, just look up The Men of Tomorrow. Yeah, The Men of That's Tomorrow. That's how I found it at the library. Yeah. Jeff, Jimmy, what's your exposure to this? Nothing. Yeah, I, I don't know. I remember about... a little bit about the Superman arcs from like the early stuff when you guys were on your old podcast. I remember you talking about it. This was at the tail end of our podcast, so I don't think we really talked about this. No, arc. this particular arc, uh, I don't think you guys got to. But um, I remember a little bit about like the beginning of the new Fifty Two Superman stuff, but I don't know anything about this particular arc. Yeah, I believe George Perez launched the first storyline. Yeah, possibly. That sounds right. Because Grant Morrison did Action Comics. Yes, um, Jeff. I know nothing about this. You haven't, have you really? I know Superman just yeah. as much as everybody else knows Superman. I've read some comics. I've read the character in comics. I've watched some cartoons. Yeah. Yeah. I'm not a yeah, huge no. Superman fan. I never have been either. There are some stuff like, uh, I, I like the uh, Elseworlds Red Sun. I like mm-hmm. a lot of that kind of that stuff. That animated movie's coming out soon. Yeah. I, I like the way Jeff Johns writes Superman. Um, I think. I remember you you made me read uh, Secret Origins yep. uh, by Jeff Johns. I remember he read he wrote that for Superman, and yeah, that was pretty good. Superman for all time. What's the one with Jeff Loeb? It was like a. a for all or- seasons. For all seasons. Yeah. yeah. That was good. Like, there, there is some good Superman stuff. I just never got no. really into I it. I think the writers that handle him best are the ones that tackle, like I said earlier, his otherness. His yeah. feeling of never really being human. Because a, a lot of the boring stuff is like him just winning because he's strong and powerful. That's not <laughs> right. entertaining. And now you have to make it interesting and show like yeah. what yeah. laws does he have. And when Superman confronts enemies that deal with his existential feelings of isolation and being alone and not living up to the ideals set forth by his human parents and stuff that's when i feel it succeeds when superman is fighting a big gigantic space monster not as entertaining for me it's cool to look at but yeah it gets boring after a while yeah so fellas yeah check it out get your hands on the men of tomorrow and when we come back we're gonna be spoiling the heck out of it okay okay up up and away ta-da ta-da he said i i i go with up up and away and he says ta-da Great. I'm doing jazz fingers right now. Confirmed. Look up in the sky. Is it a bird? Is it a plane? No, it's a comic book that Dan made us read. Superman. That was exhilarating. I didn't know what it was going to be. It could (laughs) have been anything. Yeah. But it was just a comic book. Nope, just a comic this book. This whole time, it was just the funny pages. Plus, yes. I believe I ended the first segment with that joke. So for continuity's sake, hope you enjoyed it. <laughs> okay. So, Dan, you made us read Superman, The Stop Men of Tomorrow. Stop saying I made you read. You made us read it. I didn't have a gun to your head. You I did. suggested you read. Then what, what's this podcast for? Because I'm suggesting you to like things that I like. But if we didn't read it, then this podcast wouldn't exist. Oh, we were supposed to read it? No. 
Okay, because I didn't, because it was just a suggestion. I just Jim. wanted you to. He suggested I read it, think, and I decided. Not I just to. wanted you to think on the conceit of the comic books. So, what did you guys <laughs> think of Superman: The Men of Tomorrow? I don't know. I didn't ask read the it. question. No? <laughs> <laughs> this was eight issues of yeah. a comic book yeah. that we read. Issue one. Oh, we're going to be spoiling them, by the way. Yeah. Spoiler alert for these seven-year-old comics. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Issue one. Uh, do you want to talk about the art? Well, it's first, issue or? thirty-two. Yeah, well, I'm the first, uh, the first issue, issue you read. of this arc. Yeah. yeah. Is, God darn it. <clears throat> Jim, why don't you start with your first impressions of the art? Cause of I, the art? Are you familiar with John Romita Jr.'s work? Uh, I read Kick-Ass. Okay. Um, so I, I know of him a little bit. Um, I know his style. But it is definitely, I would say, jarring is not a good word um, to describe mm. it. But um, it, it is a little jarring to go from like an uh, an artist that's, I don't know, maybe like Gary Frank to John Romita Jr. Um, because like Gary Frank does like not like it pretty realistic or like Alex Ross. We're looking at a picture of Alex Ross, DC superheroes, whereas it's a little bit more realistic, whereas John Romita Jr. is a little bit more stylized. Um, but I don't know if it really fits the tone of the comic, mm. in my mm. opinion. I'd say I, I somewhat agree with you. I think it's a unique take on such an iconic character. Mm-hmm. I think um, DC tends to go with a more realistic slash cartoony traditional superhero style art for Superman. Yeah. But I think when you have the opportunity to pull in a big name like John Romita Jr., you, you take the risk. That's what I was thinking when I first started reading this because I'm familiar with him and I usually equate him to like kind of dark, gritty, mm-hmm. choppy, super stylized art. Mm-hmm. And DC, they have, I mean, other comic imprints have this too. Marvel, I guess, had it at one point. But DC is kind of known in general, especially when this new 52 came out for having a house style, mm-hmm. which is kind of like. Just hire an artist. We have 52 weekly titles that we have to come out with. Just hire whoever can get the job done, right? So everything's kind of homogenized. Yeah, I remember when the new 52 happened. It was all uh, Ethan Van Skyver, I believe, designed everybody, right? He worked on the new uniforms. and Yeah, yeah but when like you got that. into titles like Stormwatch, for instance, yeah. like you had you had capable artists, but they were just like, all right, this is a comic book. Nothing stands out. Mm-hmm. And when I think about Superman comics, unless there's a specific artist glued to it that's kind of what i picture i'm like oh this is the house style Mm -hmm. this is the standard by which dc wants all their superheroes to look like it's superman he's the glue he's the staple so when they hire somebody like john romita jr i was like how is this gonna play out yeah i'm gonna sort of disagree with you only in minutiae i think that in general like when you talk about overall dc comics and especially the new 52 i agree with you that there's less of an emphasis placed on originality in artwork and more of an emphasis placed on the story and an overall editorialized look to this right. to the universe. Yeah. I will disagree when it comes to Superman um because I think with especially Superman and Batman because they are the the lead characters in this pantheon of heroes, there are moments throughout those characters histories where DC has given artists a little bit more free reign to take an iconic look. So um, like Ed McGinnis has done work on Superman that is pretty well iconic. It's like um, hyper stylized cartoony. Yeah. Big bulky muscle muscles. Muscles. Yeah. I was combining muscles and musculature. (laughs) Um, Musculature. Yeah. I think like Jimmy mentioned, Gary Frank did an iconic run on Superman. Um, 
Tim Sale with his I we referenced in the first. Yeah, those half are of like kind of miniseries, though, right? So it's not part of like the no. Main... Ed McGinnis did a, a pretty no, Ed McGinnis full did run. Superman versus Batman, not versus Superman Batman. But all I'm saying is that big artists have worked on them and have taken more stylized looks. So I would put this within that group rather than just. That's why to me this this arc is interesting because although it is just part of an overall Superman, you know, running continuity. It feels like a standalone miniseries or It does. I'd agree with that. But I I wanted to lead with the art because those are my expectations going in. I didn't know if it was going to be darker. I didn't know if it was going to be grittier. Mm -hmm. Right. And Um, how do you think it paid off? I think that it was really well. And unfortunately, I read this digitally. I rented it from the library and I don't have the colorist's name. But this was a great job on the colorist's part. I think Dan's going to look it up. I'm going Um, to look it up. Because when you think of Superman, you think of he's just like a good hero. He's a bright, shining star. Yeah. And like those blues and reds and yellows in a suit, they really popped. I'd agree. And conversely, like John Romita Jr., when he was doing some stuff with shadows and shading and like cross hatching, there's scenes where like Superman, his whole body's a black silhouette, but then the red S on his chest pops out. And that was mm. unique to Superman. So you get this really heroic feel while also showing John Romita Jr.'s gritty side. Yeah, there's a nice interplay between light and shadow and usage of primary colors um, that I think is effective and sort of called back, um, to me, reminded me of some of the Superman stuff within Frank Miller's um, Dark Knight Strikes Again. Mm. I thought it was definitely um, reminiscent of that. I'm still having difficulty finding... I thought it was Klaus Janssen, but now it looks like he was the inker. So oh, he's just a tracer then. Yeah, just a tracer. We'll have to look into that. Could be um, Laura Martin. There's a few different names that are associated as working on this series, but I don't have a breakdown of who did what. That's right. okay. So, but I th- I agree with you. I think um, Ramita's like sort of um, sketchy style. Yep. Was was handled well by the the inks, the inker, and the colorist, and and sort of pushed into a Superman feel where it could have gone another direction. Yeah, it, it felt like Superman. It didn't feel like yeah. somebody doing Superman. It just was Superman. And plus you also have a really good writer too who knows Superman in and out and yeah. could write him pretty well. This is also a departure um, because the new 52 tried to push Superman into sort of a new direction as far as his personality. He was more subdued, a little um, more introverted, this feels more like a turn, a return to the classic Superman. I'd agree. And also, we start to see an underlying... Um, they really haven't done anything. They haven't barely interacted. But there's definitely an, a romantic interest between Clark and Lois Yeah, that was not involved in the earlier issues of this run. They pushed him away from Lois. And um, you start to see the friendship building between Jimmy Olsen and stuff like that. So this feels like Jeff Johns taking the reins of Superman to bring him back to what fans wanted from Superman. Uh, I would also say, talking about the art again, too, um, obviously this is the new 52. This brought them back, I don't know how many decades. Um, They're supposed to be younger again, basically. Yeah. And Superman does look pretty young. And it did seem a little weird that he's, like, giving this advice to Ulysses. We're going to get into the plot later. 
But um, it, it did seem kind of weird because it, it seems because I didn't read any Superman New Fifty Two. I know a little bit from like you talking about it this early is a good on. Jumping on point though. Yeah, I would agree. But it did seem kind of weird that it seemed like an inexperienced Superman giving this advice to a new superhero. It, it was a little jarring for me. He's actually not as inexperienced as you would think because. Yeah. The rest of the New 52 reset to, like, the character's origins, yeah. except for the Superman book. And the reason mm. being was Action Comics reset to Superman's origin. Yeah. The Superman title, I don't know. I mean, timelines, I don't know how much you want to get in depth with them. But he's further along than the rest of the okay. New 52. Yeah, there were, there were allusions sense. to fighting, like, Mongrel. Like, yeah. Did that happen in the first 31 issues? They even was said that he died and, and came back, too. Yeah. Um, it just seemed kind of weird because he looks young. He looks like the same age as Ulysses, but that could just be Superman. Well, he's yeah. a drawing too. Yeah, yeah. he's yeah. also drawing. He looks the same age for eighty years. But yeah. they they may actually make reference to his slowed aging and metabolism and stuff mm. too in this series. Yeah, that's true. So let's get into the plot. It starts out with a very similar story we're all familiar with. Yeah. Yep. Peril. <laughs> two parents and a child yeah. they put the little baby in an escape pod and send him off somewhere yeah it's these two scientists who are working on the secret secret lab trying to discover a new home for humanity a new mm. ideal world and they start to think that they're messing with different dimensions has caused some sort of rift or anomaly that's going to destroy earth so in their last ditch effort they send their son ulysses whose real name is Neil. Yeah, yeah, we find out later. The last Neil. son of Earth, the last son of humanity to mm -hmm. dimension four, I think, or something. The eh, fourth dimension. Fourth dimension. Another dimension. Yeah. Little nitpicky, but I feel like so many sci-fi things and like movies start off with, you're in a lab, it's about to explode, we have one last thing that we have to do well, before I mean, it explodes. In their defense, this is mirroring Superman's origin. It is, Which yeah. is the which first of those tropes. like 85 years ago. Yeah. So yeah, it was kind of the That's origin true. of that modern trope. Yeah. I um, mean, except Moses. I said modern. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's a lot of Judeo-Christian mythology. Yeah. And Superman? Yeah. Really? Yeah. What? Wow. Yeah, so uh, Superman's fighting Titano, who looks like a giant robot monkey mm -hmm. guy. and uh, Ape, Jeff. He's a great ape. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry it's come to this. I apologize. Please don't cancel me. <laughs> Anyways. Uh, you just stopped. <laughs> He's fighting Titano. Yeah, and then uh, Ulysses comes and helps him out. Yeah. Out yeah. of nowhere, just this new superhero guy with flowing blonde locks in a sexy little wetsuit. What do you guys think of the character design for Ulysses? I think it's fine. It's interesting. The hair bugs me, but yeah. it's a choice. It's, yeah. yeah, it's fine. It's, I, it's the opposite. You know, Clark Kent is just this, he has this really pitch black, dark hair, well, well done haircut with a little swirl. And here comes this damn hippie from another dimension. <laughs> they don't have haircuts in the fourth dimension. Yeah. Jeff, yeah. did you think it was interesting that he is from another dimension and he has long flowing straight blonde hair and the teenagers from dimension x from the ninja turtles <laughs> i hate you had long flowing <laughs> the neutrinos yeah well they were little guys they're just little yeah but the hair re reminded me of that i guess so i did not make that connection oh but... boy wow you'll never be able to unsee it i'll never read this again probably because i don't read comics whether i like it or not oh boy <laughs> that's not giving an answer <laughs> um 
Yeah, but I mean, the first issue is pretty much just a setup of Ulysses, right? Yeah. So we, we see a little bit of Superman's solitude life. Uh, he's basically just like chilling by himself. Yeah. Um, we we see him on the phone with Wonder Woman, also Wonder talking Wonder with Man. Alfred, and everyone's too busy for Superman. Yeah. Well, I don't. I think he kind of enjoys his life of solitude. I don't know. I think really? he's looking for companionship. Well, yeah. I guess we can get that towards the end with uh, Jimmy. He's trying to be human. <clears throat> yeah. That's true. Um, I guess we don't have to go issue by issue. We could just kind of go with the flow. Yeah, story let's hit the big to be, points. To be easier. So then um, Perry gives Clark the backstory of the Ulysses program. Mm-hmm. Perry is the editor of J. The Jonah Planet. Jameson of DC. Yeah, he's a lot more J. Jonah Jameson than I remembered him being. Uh, he was nicer, first. though. He was much, much yeah. earlier. He's also like a sweetheart. Like throughout this series, we see him like basically fighting to try to get Clark to come work for the yeah. Daily Planet. Yeah. Um, yeah, and you find out that Ulysses is actually from Earth. And, yeah. And he got sent into another dimension. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Ooh. Yeah, the whole thing is that Ulysses thought Earth was destroyed. Yeah. Um, that's what the people of Dimension, Fourth Dimension, told him. And um, so he was surprised when he got there. Well, it's what his parents log. We, we don't ever yeah. see it or hear it, but basically he said, like, they sent their story with him. Oh, yeah. And it took him a while to understand it because it was in English. Yeah. And then uh, Clark found his parents, and there was a reuniting, which was very touching. Yeah, yeah we that assumed, was handled well. Yeah, we assumed that his parents were dead, and turns out they were alive the whole time. Superman went to the um, the explosion site, and I guess discovered that his parents were still alive. That's where you see a lot of the Superman in the shadows that we were discussing in the artwork. Yeah, yeah, of, that's the cover of the uh, of the uh, yes, trade too. Is. It's an interesting choice, but I thought it was nice. It was good, yeah. And I, I thought that um, John Romita Jr. did a really good job portraying Clark's emotions during this reunion. Yeah, because even in this, a lot of faces are the same. Mm. I've Even though I love John Romita Jr.'s artwork, I've always thought that his faces are similar. Kind of, uh, Some artists fall into that, like Howard Chaikin. Everybody has the same exact face. Square jaw, broad nose. Yeah, yeah That's exactly. Howard Chaikin. Yeah, it is, and very squiggly, yeah. um, and messy, and dirty, and I like it. Um, but yeah, John Romita Jr., there's actually a lot of emotion throughout this whole entire series. I yeah. Mean, he did a really good job. And like, it's easy to portray this, like, I, I don't want to say it's easy, I'm not an artist, but um, you'd expect a nice emotive expression from the parents and Ulysses. But what I really like is looking at Clark's reaction because he's overseeing this reunion that he never got to have with his yeah. parents, you know, Jor-El and Laurel or Laurel, whatever the hell. <laughs> um, basically, he he did lose his parents, so he never got to have this. And this revelation that um, Ulysses' parents never gave up on him. They never stopped looking. They kept his childhood bedroom. It, it's just nice to see that reflected in Clark's face. Yeah, there's a motif that's going on throughout the issue too is that superman was telling Ulysses about this dream that he's been having of he's trying to like save his parents and he can't he can't turn into he can't be superman for them basically yeah this is kind of his way to do that yeah he's living vicariously through yeah ulysses or neil as we find out yeah and i did i really liked parts of this issue and parts of this story point where while Superman's also trying to be human and he's blending mm-hmm. in with his job and trying to build these personal relationships, 
Ulysses is on his home planet for the first time. The first time he's seen somebody that looks like him because the other dimension people are like these weird shadow people and they're yeah. all pointy and weird and stuff. And he's just walking through Metropolis trying to be a human, but doing it really awkwardly. Yeah. He gets a cheesesteak and he doesn't pay. Yeah. Which is and, pretty funny. Yeah. And comic books are a great medium, but I would assume as comic creators, it's extremely difficult to pull off relatability in a static format. Um, you can do it in novels because your brain paints that pictures. But when you have the pictures in front of you, sometimes I think there's a disconnect in the person's brain reading where they just see this flat image and mm. the words and they're trying to process so much stuff. But Jeff Johns and Jeremy Ramita Jr. working together do a really good job at comic timing. Yeah. And that's really tough to pull off in this medium. So when it's pulled off, it makes it that much better because it's not something that is easily done. Yeah, I think some of the Jimmy Olsen stuff works on a comedic level. It does, yeah, mm-hmm. throughout this this run. So uh, we see this growing bond between Superman and Ulysses and yep. um, just sort of this idea of him trying to teach Ulysses how to blend in, which is ironic because he's teaching a human how to act more human. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> there's, a, there's a fight between, um, I forget the character's name, but a big bad. The machinist. No. Oh, I'm talking about the guy from dimension from the fourth dimension. I think that's oh, actually, the, yeah, that's the fight something. that introduces Ulysses is like, um, Superman seems to be like losing and Ulysses shows up and beats yeah, him Titano? up. We talked about that. It's not Titano though. It's oh. Krennic. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that yeah right that. After. Wait, you skipped a lot. I thought you were talking about before. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, no. So by the, the, by the third issue that we get into, like at this point, we have like two, two and a half issues building up Ulysses. And I'm like, this is an eight issue run, which is kind of long. Yeah. And so far thought Ulysses was going to be a bad guy. And I thought they were going to set him up to be an ally. And then he was going to turn on him. And I'm like, this is happening. Is this just a superhero? I'm like, this is cool. Yeah. They're just friends. They're just palling around, killing evil together. And they're like similar, but have slightly different power sets. <laughs> Yay. Yeah. And then you get into more emotional stuff with the parents. Like they regret sending Neil away and you're, you're, they're building on that. And you're like, yeah, I like Ulysses. They're making me like him a lot. Oh boy. I'm going to hate when they kill him or something. It's going <laughs> to hurt. It's going to hurt me real bad. And then, then you get the fourth dimension origin story about how it's this utopia yeah. and everything is great and there's no violence and there's no weapons and everybody's happy and he wants the same for earth um yeah what did you guys think about that the whole utopia thing yeah um i, I thought it was interesting i i thought it it, it gave basically a, a pretty good backstory into like why like where this is going to be going because we do get into uh is being uh upset that there's so much like violence in the world and stuff and yeah he says destroy all weapons yeah um stupid gun control libtard elitist oh boy ruining my comics <laughs> so we um we do get a, a battle with the character that you were talking about the machinist um and uh, basically it's not going well and uh UEC straight up kills him and yep. um and he's pulls off the mask and realizes that it's not actually the machinist. It was the machinist controlling him. And it was an innocent person. Yeah. It looks like it was an innocent person. And, um, oh, no. that was dark. Yeah, it was. Cause it messed with Ulysses head. Yeah. And you're like, Oh wow. He actually is a good guy. Cause it's not like he's like, Oh, well he had to be killed. He was like regretful and remorseful. Yeah. 
So then what did you guys think of the reveal where Superman is like, oh, don't worry. He was already dead once the machinist took over him or something like that. Kind of a cop out to me. I thought so, too. I didn't think so. I thought that was him trying to comfort Ulysses because he saw like that. He, he truly didn't mean to do that. He thought he was doing the right thing. Yeah. So he was just trying to because he was teaching him along the way too. he was teaching him how to be good. Yeah, he, but he was good. Ulysses was good and his intentions were right, but he was too to, quick to the draw. To me, it still felt like a little bit of a writing cop out because if that wasn't the case, Superman would have to hold him accountable. Not saying that he like murdered someone, but like, hey, you need to like do your due diligence and yeah. do your That's investigation. That's how I read it though. But he didn't hold him accountable. But he, but they just went forward being he, buddies. He does eventually. Like the more stuff he does, then he builds up and Superman gets Okay. So Jeff, when did you start to see the turn in Ulysses? I once he started to offer to bring people to this to his world, I was like, okay. So Nefarious <laughs> is going it's on. Getting a little to serve man up in here. Yeah, exactly. He yeah. was getting a little authoritarian with good intentions, but still a little bit like this is how you must be. I will offer six million of you to come to my my world. Yeah, and it causes some kind of mass hysteria because well, everybody wants to leave Earth. Because like, who wouldn't? Like, wouldn't yeah. you want to leave? I don't <laughs> want to be in America. I don't want to leave my house though. So oh, that's true too. Damn it, my house is in America. <sighs> <sighs> um, yeah, a little too good to be true, Jim. Yeah, is that when you started to see the uh, darker side of Ulysses? Um, I, I sort of always knew that that's where this was going to be going, but like visually, yeah, that's about where I was once, like. Once yeah. he wouldn't let his parents board the ship, I was like, okay. something bad gonna happen. All right, yeah. these people are gonna die. Yeah, this is not gonna be good. Then he goes full heel, and we find out the evil plan, basically. Right, and I mean, we're just, like, breezing through, but this is over the course of, like, two, three issues. Yeah. It's it's laid out much better than us to be like, yeah, he was good, and then he wasn't. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it is pretty, it's paced pretty well. They do a nice job of making you care about Ulysses, so even though- Like I said, yeah. Yeah, Yeah. even though I did feel that he was always going to go heel, I was like, yeah, I I wish he could just be Superman's pal. (laughs) His partner. Yeah. So, um, Superman goes over to UECs and be like, yo, what up? Why is this happening? I don't want to do this. You should write comics, Jim. I really just want Jimmy to record, give him a few drinks, put a microphone in front of him and just be like, tell us what happened and just hit record. That's the plot of drunk history. I would actually be down to do talk me into drunk. Um, but, uh, so drink um, me into, but, uh, Ooh, that's a good idea. Ooh, St. Patrick's day is coming up. Um, so, where was I going with this? Oh, yeah. So, Superman goes over to UECs and UECs uh, catches him, basically, which is kind of surprising. UECs uh, overcome Superman and uh, captures him and puts him on the ship. And uh, they go over to the fourth dimension. And from there, he basically gives out his supervillain plan. Yep. That uh, he is been doing this on purpose. Yeah. He's been lying this whole time. What a son of a gun. Yeah. The like, great world's core is fueled by people's bodies. Yeah. It's the Matrix. Ooh. Yeah, basically. And uh, yeah, Clark, needless to say, not in not love a with the fan. idea. Yeah. Right. So th- then they get into a fight, and it's this great fight scene. It's like at nighttime, it's in the rain. And this is where like the colorist and inkers really shine. There's yeah. a lot of use of negative space and like just the rain coming down. Rain is hard to pull off in comics if you don't do it right. 
and like the electricity that's coming down and zapping around mm-hmm. uh it was really nice to look at well it's an interesting interplay between the two characters too because ulysses powers are based on absorption of energy and then releasing it mm-hmm. so when superman's go-to attack is like heat vision that's not working out great because <laughs> ulysses just absorbs it and like throws yeah. it back at him yeah it's like black panther and killmonger yeah that's true it's Whatever pretty, you pretty, say, Jeff. Did Did you see the movie? I mean, yeah, but not everything is Marvel, Jeff. This is DC. I was comparing it for people who might want to paint a better picture. In don't because yeah. more people have seen Black Panther than have read this run. Let's be real, Dan. I don't know if that's true, Jeff. I haven't seen the numbers. <laughs> <laughs> um, I can't argue that. So while they're on the ship too, um, Superman basically just like convinces Neil to be like, hey, don't do this. This is a good idea. Yeah. And his only this is uh, kind of a nitpick for me, too, is um, his basically the only thing that like convinces him not to do it is that his parents are on the ship. I would say he doesn't know. But I thought he knew. And all of a sudden, Superman's like, your parents are on the ship. And he's like, "Uh oh, can't do this anymore. No, he didn't know. Um, I think he was swaying him before that. But that's what really pushed him over the edge, because Superman is like, there's other ways we can do this. We can try yeah. to um, convince your people to come to Earth temporarily, blah, 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 blah. But wouldn't he think that? He's been doing this for years, theoretically. Wouldn't he have had those thoughts already? Yeah, I think he probably did, but this time his parents were on it, and he never had that before. Yeah. I, I think yeah. he was struggling already, and then he's like, oh, damn, if I do it this time, my parents are going to die. Yeah. After I just got So, I mean, he could have just saved his parents. Yeah, that would have been a dick move, though. As far as pacing goes, I do agree with Jim up to this point. We're about five or six issues in. But then all of a sudden, like once he turns evil, the pacing is just like like that. It just snaps so quickly. And I was like, oh, no, he turned so quickly. And it's like it felt uncharacteristic at that moment. And I really at this point was hoping that it wasn't just like a generic villain, like a dud of an issue. And I'm just like, I I hope that the payoff was as good as the build-up. Well, I'm going to throw a little wrench in the works here. Uh-oh. Because I'm going to play the devil's advocate and say that Ulysses, Neil, was never evil. I think... I don't think so either, but at this point, it did seem that way. He was raised by a villain, as we find out. Kirik. Kirik or Krennic or it's whatever. Kirik. I wrote it down. Yeah. I saw. He, he was actually his adoptive father right mm-hmm. he's obviously not a great guy um <laughs> he's a baddies yeah you say and he so ulysses was basically raised in, in an abusive environment where he was told the only way to save his new adoptive planet was like this is the only path oh like the trump children yes and he also was obviously struggling with that like like i said to jimmy like it doesn't take him a lot of motivation to push him over the edge i think inside his his nature is to do the right thing he just feels trapped like this is the only option and when superman is like listen with my help we can do this we can make this better there's another way like jimmy you said maybe hasn't he struggled with this before yeah but he also didn't have someone offering earth as a new home world yeah and someone who's basically as powerful as a god offering to help you you know fix things so to me that's why it's even more tragic when clark professes all this stuff and like convinces him like we're gonna do this it's gonna be great we're gonna save everyone and it fails yeah yep pacing wise i agree with you jeff because i read through these issues really quick and then i read over him over the course of like three nights and then i had to go back because i realized that like 
the entire like apex of the storyline happens in one issue issue 36 all this stuff on the ship yeah the fifth issue basically like ulysses revealing his evil plan clark convincing him to save uh to not do it and then everything failing and falling apart happens in one issue which is very fast yeah for how this storyline has been playing out yeah because it was like four issues of setup and then each issue was like do this do this do this um yeah then we get to that the huge fight scene uh the issue where you find out that Carrick is ulysses dad well yeah. before we get to that what did you guys think of superman's plan failing and the fourth dimension the great planet being destroyed um i don't think it was visualized very well personally i was kind of like he said that the planet died and i had no idea until he said the planet died oh really yeah yeah i didn't know either I thought that the, um, the like, I mean, we're getting very granular here, but the panels leading up to the destruction of the planet were not done well. I still am not really I clear. I can't even picture them right now. I, I'm not clear on what went wrong. Like, they were in the control ship, and Superman, like, ripped a hole in the floor to access, like, energy, and Ulysses, like, absorbed the energy, and then there's, like, literally one panel where he's like, it's not working. It caused the planet's core to be triggered. Like, there's that. Yeah. I do think that the the splash page of the planet being destroyed is pretty powerful, and to me, it recalls a lot of the imagery that we've seen in comics and movies of Krypton being destroyed, where it's Superman like pushing Ulysses away from this giant blue oh, yeah. energy yep. explosion. Yeah, I thought that was pretty a pretty beautiful image. I, I feel like with big fight, I mean that's not that at that point it wasn't really a big fight scene anymore, but like it's supposed to be like red super fast because like yeah. things like that. Like big fight scenes, uh, a lot of moments of tension. You're supposed to be reading them as they're kind of happening, kind of at that speed. Yeah. And I don't think it was visualized pretty well. I, I agree with you. I, here's the thing, though. I'm going to argue that it was done purposefully because I had to reread it to understand. I had to read it like three times to understand why the planet died. But I also think that it left me with an emotion that worked because the characters are at a complete loss. Everything happens so fast and out of control that they can't stop it. They can't fix it. And at the end, you get the feeling that they probably feel, which is like, did that just really happen? Like, it's over? Like, we lost? There is a lot of confusion on their face throughout this. And that's why I think it works. And it's hard to tell just by looking at it because it could just look like a face looking in a comic. But when you know the context, there's kind of just like this... Yeah. What's happening. Yeah. And that's why, Jeff, when we when you're you're getting to the big showdown now. Yeah. To me, it makes this fight scene more powerful because that's when the realization takes over. And when Ulysses is like, damn, that just happened. I lost everyone, everything, and yep. it's because of you. Yeah. So what did you guys think of this big fight? I thought this was what comics do best. Yeah. It's yeah. just an over the top action issue which which was great mm-hmm. um well this is the one where batman showed up too and yeah it's kind of like eh, you didn't need this a little like, shoehorned yeah i mean it it they needed um an information dump so they went to the world's greatest detective basically <laughs> that's, that's true but yeah i mean i love the way that ramita drew him yeah yeah looks really good it, it was real cool but let's talk about the fight itself right so ulysses like tackles clark into earth basically into metropolis mm-hmm and starts to like fight him right there and he's like no i'm not gonna let you hurt innocent civilians so clark like flies him out to like 
a forest basically and uh they have this big showdown there and it was at this point he's just like a full comic book villain and they're just yeah well he snapped yeah 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 that's what he's like lost everything so this is just nothing to live for right now this is just good versus evil yeah yeah and um at first when i first read this I was confused at the explosion. I was like, what just happened? What exploded? Well, that's why you need Batman. Yeah. Because I was like, okay, Superman did something, but I don't know what it is. Yeah, because I thought that Superman got hurt and blown up, but then you find out it's a solar flare ability. And Superman. Yeah, Yeah. Superman has a new power. Yeah. The new 52. Yay. It's actually a throwback to an old power, though. I didn't know that. You remember when Superman, after he died and came back, he had that weird red and white stripey. Oh yeah, the 3D one. Yeah, yeah. That was his power. He could like absorb and release solar energy oh, through his I cells. Know that. Uh, I don't know that. Yeah, you yeah. know which costume I'm talking about though—the weird no. red, white, it's, and blue it's one. It's one of like the worst. It's really things weird. that ever happened. In I'll comics. have to look it up. When he came know. back, he had a different power set, and that's what basically this was. Mm, okay. So was, I, in knowing that. Don't you think this was a kind of a cool way I to do think that is cool. put that back into continuity without cool dumbness? But it's because with heroes like this, and especially Superman fell into this for decades almost, It's too he's too powerful, and where's the... What can you do with that? Like, it stops being fun when you can do everything. Yeah. Even in a game, like, if you put in cheat codes, and you're like, I could do whatever I want. <laughs> well, what's the fun? There's no challenge, so what's the fun? But this was cool because with using that energy it depleted his other powers and he needs to recharge yeah so he's now he's limited he can't fly yeah bleeds when he tackled somebody he scraped his arm and he was bleeding um so i thought that was very cool yeah yeah i think jeff johns is very successful at creating a a threatening villain like that could really kill or harm superman yeah without having to mess with the typical tropes of like kryptonite and stuff yeah there was a little bit of kryptonite in there when he like locked him up. Yeah. He like mimicked kryptonite's power to weaken him. Yeah. But it wasn't like it didn't feel I have like, all this kryptonite right. and now I can do whatever I want with you, yeah. which is tickle your little footsies. <laughs> so yeah, as Jeff said, he releases this giant solar flare and basically blows Ulysses up and then he blacks out. And we get a cool panel of him coming to in the bat cave. Yeah. And uh that's where Bruce Bass info tells. dumps. Yeah. Oh, you did this thing and it depleted your powers and yeah. So he he also, he also had like a backup suit, but what was the deal? There was something with that, right? So his cape is his cape. That's right. That came from Krypton, but his right. suit was just up. like armor, so that was okay. destroyed. Yeah, because he call he keeps calling it his armor, but really it it's a suit. Well, in the New Fifty Two, it's hard to tell with Ramita's drawing, but if you look at the other depictions of Superman in the New Fifty Two, it is much more armor like. Oh, okay. it was like several blue panels. I just mm. saw lines. I thought it was all interconnected. Choice. No, um, and this was their way to get him back to a more traditional Superman oh, costume, basically. Okay. All right. Um, going back to form. Yeah, I mean, this is a return to form. This this arc. after a few years of yeah. trying different things. Yeah, they're like, it's Superman. People just want Superman. <laughs> just yep. just make him Superman again. Basically, make America Superman again. That's what this comic should be called. Massa. This also reminded me that I I love the the dynamics between Superman and Batman. I think they're such a great team up. Yeah, I agree with Jeff that it's a little shoehorn, but I'll allow it because yeah. it's fun. Yeah, I wasn't opposed. It's comic books. That's what's great about. That it. was yeah. one of the first Superman books I read. Was Superman Batman. Um. That was great. Jeff Loeb and Ed McGinnis. Yeah, I think yeah. so, yeah. Good stuff. And then you have a really good part. Well, 
we find out that Ulysses is captured, put in uh, like that super prison, right? I forgot what they call it in this. Is it Strikers? It's something. I don't know. They like, change right? it all the time. I think it's yeah. Strikers. And Superman has this thing like trying to tell them like he's not bad. He's like he was just doing what he thought he had to do. Yeah. And his Neil's parents go to see him locked up. And like you could tell that Neil is in the cell. I don't think he says anything in this cell, but he's tortured because he like he doesn't want to be bad, but he he needs revenge. He needs something. Yeah. Like he sees Superman as the person who took everything from. Yeah. Him. He's responsible. Right. Um, you're right. He doesn't say anything, but there's a moment where Neil's parents say that they'll never stop. They'll and never cries, give up on him. Right? And he rolls yeah. a tear. Yeah. Which to me is really powerful storytelling. That was really good because you want, this is like, this is a villain. This is kind of like when, when X-Men make Magneto a person and not just like, I'm going to kill everybody with yeah. magnetism. You're right. Like, wow. He, he's actually like, there's a reason why he does this. You have empathy he, for him. And he is torn. Like Magneto's torn about what's the right thing to do. What's not the right thing to do. Like you, that's what they did here. And they did it with a brand new character. Yeah. That, that, that shows a good villain is when obviously villains always think that they're right. Um, but when you actually have some empathy towards them, that makes them a whole other level, basically. And there's also a nice, um, like an emotional echo with Neil's parents. When we first meet them, the thing that breaks through to Clark is that they never gave up looking for their son and loving their son and hoping for him. Mm-hmm. And now we see that is still inside them. They're not going to give up on him. They still love him and they still believe that he has hope. Another cool thing about this, too, is that we see a villain origin story play out in real time, which yeah. I think is pretty neat. Yeah, that's true. So many times we're introduced to this big bad, and then yeah. we have to find out through flashbacks, how did he get this way? I mean, that was kind of that way, too, but it was just backstory. It wasn't really yeah, we saw showing it. his going to villainy. I mean, to me, like I said, I'm going to say that he didn't really go full villain until... Superman destroyed the, the planet. Yeah, exactly. And that's when he, like, snapped. Before yeah. that, he was... A broken uh, character. Who I'm a was, broken man. Yeah, who was doing what he thought he had to do. Yeah, and the way that this particular issue ends, there's still one more issue to go. But Jimmy and uh, Clark are just hanging out. Jimmy Olsen, yeah, who's Jimmy the photographer Olsen. for the Daily Planet. They know who he is. That's yeah. why we're not. It's Superman, guys. You know the <laughs> you know the main cast. Superman's pal. Yeah, yeah. Um, they're just having like a heart to heart, and Jimmy's talking to him, and he's kind of like. Hey, I, I guess he had, I, this is what I, so yeah, really so I wanted to interject here. So, um, there's enough context to know, but like, I don't yeah, know, no, I, I didn't read, reread any of the new 52, but there's enough told you throughout this arc. The, the, one of the B storylines is that Jimmy Olsen's parents have all this money and they're like shady and they're like on the run. They're being like accused of like, um, tax evasion and stuff like that. Right. So they hid all their money in like Jimmy's account, basically. Billions. And, yeah. Like a lot of money. And uh, he's like, I know that they're going to come back and want all their money. And, and he's just like, people are saying he's rich, but he's like, I can't use any of that money and stuff. So then what Jeff's getting to is this conversation yeah. where when Superman returns to Earth after the destruction of the great planet, people are miserable and they're like, Superman, we wanted to go to this better idyllic utopia. Why did you take that away from us? And he's like, you can't look elsewhere. You have to make the world that we live in better. You have to look to Earth and look at each other, and you have to have hope. And that's that's Superman's whole thing is inspiring hope. Yeah. 
So that's where so he's the big old ass stands for. Yeah. So Jimmy Olsen is here to, is there to hear that speech. And what he tells Clark is he's decided to say, screw you, parents. Yeah, I'm a rebel, parents. So he hired a whole team of private investigators to look up information on. He says all the people. That seems like a lot. <laughs> Six million people. <laughs> but basically to track down these people who are trying to leave Earth and find out like what could be done to make their lives better. And he gives all the money, the away. money away to yep. them, yeah, in different manner, like because different that's ways. What, that's what makes him a hero. That's all he could do. So that's what he did, right? And, and it's after this conversation that Clark realizes he confides in Jimmy, his friend. This is the first time, first time in this rebooted world that he is. Wait for it, guys. Are you ready? Spoiler alert: Clark Kent. Clark Kent is Superman. What? Yeah. Yeah. No way. This is a big deal, guys. It Lois is. doesn't know. Mon Pa Kent, I believe, are dead in this new 52. Yeah, they from, said they, they died what, in a car accident. Yeah, I don't know how true that is or what's going on, but that, and that's what they said. That's lame. So this, to me, is a really nice... Um, I don't want to say it's a wrap-up, because I feel that the last issue is important, but it's a nice yeah. sort of bow on this storyline, because it's also the culmination of Superman's feeling of loneliness. Now he has this camaraderie he has someone that can know the truth and someone that could be his friend this is important to the ethos of superman like jimmy olsen plays comic relief a lot yeah but he's also superman's pal like going back to the 30s like yeah that was his confident that was his like you know confidant not confident so i mean it's a big deal he's pretty confident in being uh uh, superman's confidant and it ends the issue on a nice big splash page splash page um what do you call it like cliffhanger yeah he's like Clark standing there in the uh, Superman And it does suit. that thing I love that comics do in the talk bubble. He says, I'm Superman, but it's Superman logo. Yeah. Oh, I wish favorite. I could talk in logos. That'd be so cool. <laughs> Emojis are kind of like that, right? Yeah. yeah. So uh, then we get to the final issue. Yeah. The U- Ulysses. It's a bit of an epilogue. Yeah. The Ulysses issue or story wrapped up last issue. Um, at first, I wasn't sure why this was even part of like this arc or this trade, but it makes sense because it is like. You want to know what happens next. Yeah. He just told Jimmy that he's Superman. I mean, yeah. a lot of times we do see sort of like bridge issues between one creative team yeah. and another. And this feels like that. But I'm glad we included it because I do think that it sort of resolved maybe not the plot of the story. Yeah. But a lot of the emotions. It resolves Clark's storyline. Yeah. Because he's still recovering. He still doesn't have all his powers. Um, was this before or after Superman grounded? When he lost After. the ability to fly. Grounded was before the new 52. Okay. Yeah. So that has nothing to do with it. No. So this was, it's a good one shot about the humanity of Superman. And that's what Dan said leading into this, that he likes Superman best when he's trying to find out who he is mm-hmm. and show him more human than alien. And the whole point of this is, is that he knows he doesn't have powers, but people don't know that. And it's just kind of like a, there's a mugging going on and this guy has a gun to somebody's head. The police are trying to talk him out it's of like it. a hostage situation. Right. And Superman shows up and everybody's like, oh shit, that's Superman. Yeah. Like this mugger is done. They don't know that he doesn't have They powers. have no idea. And he just walks in front of a gun and tells him to shoot him. And then the, the But Jimmy Olsen knows. He knows. And he's like, oh boy, soups. You got yourself into <laughs> one this time you did. And... Uh, Ultimately, he doesn't, the guy doesn't shoot. I mean, the whole point of this issue is to show that, like Jimmy giving away his money, it doesn't take superpowers to be a hero. Yeah. It just takes you being good. What did you guys think of these couple pages where Superman is confronting the armed 
um, assailant. I thought that it did an excellent job of building tension. Oh, yeah. That's most of this issue was just that. I was like really feeling that Clark was in danger here. I was like, he made like I didn't expect Superman to die. So, yeah. But I thought there was a chance he could like get shot or something bad could happen. I thought it was done that well. Like the emotion on the um, I don't we keep calling him a mugger, but he's really like a like a hostage taker's face. Yeah, he's, a, he's just a disgruntled thug. guy. Yeah. And and it, like Superman like commiserated with him and was like, listen, he's like, I'm not going to lie to you. You're going to go to jail, but you can serve your time being respected. And like it won't be as big of a deal if you do if you hand this gun over to me, you've never pulled you haven't pulled the trigger. And and like eventually like he just empathizes with the guy and convinces him to hand over the weapon. He drops the gun and shakes Superman's hand. Pretty powerful. Um, Pretty. I'm gonna powerful. drop a bombshell. It's <gasps> my favorite epi- issue of Superman ever that I've read. This one where 24 yeah. hours as a human. Yeah, I thought it was really good. Yeah, and then um, I mean I haven't read a lot of Superman, but I thought it was really good, really powerful. Yeah, we get the realization like. Um, that, and it, it's so Superman too. That's what I like about it. It's a, it's not about like the superpowers. It's about being a hero. Well, and Jeff referenced the grounded storyline, which is where Superman basically like walks America, trying to help like the average people, like Forrest Gump. Which sounds like a great idea, but for me it didn't work. And the reason why is because Superman had all his powers and just chose not to use them, which seems really dumb to me. <laughs> yeah, this was effective because we got to see that he's not making a choice to be a hero that's who clark kent is and that's who he would be regardless of his powers and that really works for me wasn't that during the same time that batman was dead too so superman wasn't doing anything and batman was just dead yeah and i was like the dc universe sucks (laughs) something with wonder woman too because it was really funny yeah i forgot something it was a time when they were just like we don't need our big three yeah yeah um so then just to wrap it up Jimmy or Superman is like, how am I going to get out of here? There's press everywhere. Like, how does Batman do it? He's used to being able to like change into Clark Kent at super speed and disappear. And then uh, Jimmy's like, I don't think you have to worry about that. And the camera, pa- not the camera, but the panel pans down and you see that he's floating yep. like six inches yeah. above the ground. His powers so his powers are back. back. Then there's a really nice splash page that wraps up the issue where Jimmy and Superman are sitting like on top, like on a ledge on top of the Daily Planet, mm-hmm. just eating hot dogs, and it's just a nice moment. Between As the friends two of them. do, you sit on top yeah. of a skyscraper and yeah. eat garbage street food. But Jimmy's basically saying like, how difficult, like how hard was it for you to be human for a day and to not have your powers and stuff like that? And Superman's like, wasn't that hard at all? Yeah, because he's Clark. He's always been Clark. Yeah, very Superman s- is the altered. You know, yeah, I forgot the word ego, <laughs> the alter ego, identity, the, the secret identity. Yeah, he's his parents raised him to be Clark. It's true, that's what I love about Superman. Did we talk you into Superman? Yes, wow, we did wow. it, Jim. Yeah, so you guys have any overall thoughts? Um, I thought that up until the very end, um, I thought it was paced very well. Um, I like the Superman aspects of it a lot. Um, especially towards the end, like we were talking about, about being the hero. Um, yeah, I don't really have anything else to say. How about you, Jeff? Yeah, no, it was, it was pace. Well, the characters were fully fleshed out. I mean, these are familiar characters to us, but it was still kind of fresh on a reboot. So it Mm. gave a new spin to characters we're familiar with just being aware of them being alive at the time we are. And 
new characters like Ulysses and that whole story. And the art was great. Like we mentioned, everybody involved in the art from pencils to inks to colors. Um, it was really, it was a really well-made comic book. And I want to know, because this was a little bit different from the other comics that we've done, did you guys find any difficulty or did you enjoy it more or less reading a chunk of an ongoing story? No, because like I just mentioned, everybody knows Superman. They know the basics. You don't need to know too much. There's enough context with Jimmy's parents, Clark's parents being dead. There's there's mentions, which Mm -hmm. which you have to do in this form of storytelling when you have um, either a 90 year old character or in this case a three-year-old reboot of a 90-year-old character like you just you they assume you're familiar with the character you don't need a retelling of let's say the ninja turtles origin every time there's a new cartoon series or every time there's a movie like at this point 35 years after ninja turtles you know the deal tell tell a fresh story and that's what you have to do with comics and that's what they did with this arc like we didn't read any other superman or action comics in the new 52 but I understood mm-hmm. perfectly well what was going on with this story. What'd you think, Jim? Yeah, that's about how I felt too. I mean, like when you're a kid, you just pick up a random ass issue of Superman and it's like Superman is like on issue number four of uh, beating up Bizarro. And <laughs> yeah, had, I, had like, I picked up at issue 36, I would have been like, who's this, who's this long haired yeah, hippie beating yeah. up soups? So, I mean, uh, as a comic book fan, you sort of figure things out. I think Jeff Johns does a really good job of contextualizing and giving you just enough that you don't feel lost. Yeah. Okay. Jeff. Yeah. Jimmy. Eh. Did I talk you into Superman, the men of tomorrow? <gasps> yeah. Oh, yeah. That was really good. It was a really good comic. I loved it. I liked it. it. The only He's reason good, it huh? took me so long is because I read it at night and one night I fell asleep and I woke up with my phone on my chest. So I was <laughs> like, oh boy, I want to read more of this. I couldn't put it down. I literally fell asleep with Clark. It was good, right? Cute. I'm, very good. I'm really happy I talked Jeff into it because, you know, growing up we were comic book boys. Yeah. Jeff was always way more Marvel. Yep. Did you really, I mean, you've read little Superman mini stories, yeah. but you never read any continuity I stuff, I never right? bought Action Comics, Superman. I never got into the continuity of it. You know, I read Superman for all ages. For all seasons. Seasons. <laughs> you know, I, I've read like some stuff. I'm a fan of the cartoons, not a fan of the live action stuff. Um, so Superman's always been one of those characters that I don't really like for the reasons I mentioned. Like he's too powerful. He's too goody two shoes. It's hard to make him interesting. Yeah. And when he when the team pulls it off, yeah, he's super interesting. This was super interesting. The world that they painted in this arc was super interesting. And it was really well done. The creative team is just incredible. You yeah. can't deny that. Jimmy. Yeah, this is one of the first um in continuity Superman things I think I've read, like standalone Superman. Like I've read Justice League. Um I, I sort of like him better in team ups or um in in a group yeah. um but uh no i thought this was really good and i'm i'm happy you uh made us read this as i was saying yeah. before yeah um, I, I was looking at in the library and it looks like the next art is still john ramita jr but a different writer yeah so i'm probably gonna rent that book i no, just haven't yet i def i probably wouldn't reread this um no but, but that's i'm just happy saying, that i read it and we talked about I'll, it if i have time i'm gonna continue to read this arc until or this run until it gets boring i would suggest it to a friend or something though yeah and jeff if you're looking for more Superman stuff, 
you know what? I'm going to put that on hold because maybe we'll get to something. Oh. No, nah, we probably won't. <laughs> We're not going to do another Superman run. Maybe we will. Maybe I'll say no. I already read it and I hate it. <laughs> <laughs> Guys, it's all-star Superman. On the next episode, we're reading Superman for all times, as Jeff says. For yeah, did I say for all times? For all seasons? It's for all seasons. But for we're not seasons. we're not really doing that. Jeff, what are we really doing in the next episode? We are really doing watching a movie from now, at the time of this recording, there has been a gentleman in the news a couple weeks ago. So by the time this comes out, Donald Trump. Yeah, he's been in the news for a little bit. Um, I just won a bunch of Oscars for a film called Parasite. His name is Bong Joon-ho, and he came out with a monster film a couple decades ago called The Host. And we are going to watch it and talk about it. Ooh. Ooh. And I thought that this movie was available for streaming uh, when I chose to pick it, and it is not. Fortunately, I have the Blu-ray, but everybody can't borrow my copy. So find out. Turns how to watch out it. it is available for streaming. Is what? it? After some investigation, because I thought I was going to have to borrow it from Jeff, I found it on a very weird streaming service called Tubi. <laughs> you can. It's easily accessible on Roku players. Tubi. <laughs> you will have to sit through a couple commercial breaks, but yeah, you That's could stream fine. the host on Tubi. It was on Netflix for a long time. I do know that. But so it's awesome. So we're going to check that out in any manner that we can attain it, yeah. obtain it. And when we come back, we're going to be talking about the host. Yeah. In the meantime... <laughs> Oh, yeah, I forgot about this part. <laughs> you I was know like, the whole segment that it we It looked had like Dan end. was going to talk, and he yeah. just, like, slowly <laughs> just stopped at me. and slumped yeah. over. <laughs> Thought he was having a Jimmy, stroke. Yeah. Where can people find us online? They can find us at Talk Me Into You on Twitter, uh, Talk Me Into You on Facebook. You can also find us on our Patreon page, where we do our cool Cook With Us videos, some old uh, episodes of old podcasts are up there, and maybe some exclusive stuff up there at some point. Probably we don't have anything planned or anything, but it's fine. We have stuff on there. Yeah, we have, Jim, we already have you stuff are on there. Literally, he's I'm, underselling the I'm, hell I'm out of it. I'm not a salesman. I'm on the opposite <laughs> side of that. Like people yeah. pitch to me to buy stuff as a profession, yeah. but you are literally the worst salesman of all time. Jeff, why don't I you, would walk away from you at a trade show. Jeff, why don't you talk Jimmy into our Patreon right now? Tell him what's on there. Patreon.com yeah. slash talk me into is great. There's videos of us playing video games. Oh, yeah. There's cook with us videos that are timed exclusive. They are now on our YouTube page, which is Jim's pet project, which you didn't even mention. Not you can see yet. us cook paella, pickle some pineapple. But there's, we are you're doing a bad job at this No, too. I'm getting there. I'm listing everything, Dan. There's old podcasts of ours. There's Jimmy when he was 10 calling into our internet radio show. It's hilarious. There's many episodes where we talk about Old Town Road and Billie Eilish covers. You want to hear that, don't you? Dan's shaking his head. Yes, he does. There's old bands of Dan and mine playing punk rock music and being good old teenage anarchists because we were a teenage anarchist. Singular. Both of us were together like that superhero that combines to make a fire guy. Yeah. And you can find all that on the internet. And you can find me on Instagram at a large heart on Collider on Twitter at J-E-F-F-F-F-F-27. Jeff five F's the number 27. Dan, where can people find you personally on the internet? Popping those peas, Jeff. I am on Twitter under the username Danny underscore breakdown. Jimmy, how about you? And also give out the YouTube because Jeff said we're on YouTube, but he didn't say how to find it. 
you just got to look up talk me into and then you'll People find it, it yeah you can figure it out uh you can also find me at son of a fish s-o-n-n-a-v-a-f-i-t-c-h on uh all other platforms <laughs> thank you for listening to talk me into but will we talk you into next the host the 2006 version not the 2013 version that's a different one that's like little girls and it's on tubi <laughs> when you like have to search for gifts and like it's such a long phrase like i just had to look up that's a no for me dog but like that's so much sometimes they just say dog yeah (laughs) now it's not sending come on iphone come on jim it's not sending the gif there it is jimmy (laughs) it's sent are you ready yeah it's recording Check, 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 check. Everybody's check, sounding check, good. Check, 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 I wonder if any, so far nobody's noticed our intro. I still can't get it to work. I, I don't, don't know what's going on, but <laughs> it just plays the same intro. Whoa, you know how they say that, like. It probably will when it, like, posts and I actually listen to that. But it's, it it's been out for a week, oh. so. Yeah, do you know that, you know how, like, when you listen to loud stuff and it, like, damages your ear hair and they're like you can never hear that specific tone again yeah maybe dan is just deaf no it's to file voice it's not the file i heard it perfectly on several sets of headphones when it comes to me it's the same okay well (laughs) i was just sort of waiting for the pooping